Welcome back to Cow Punchers, where the beer is warm, the women cold, and the bullets fly thick. I am the deputy, Stu Kaufman. And I'm your jailer, Amy McLeod. And tonight, we watched 2017's Hickok, starring Luke Hemsworth, Trace Adkins, and Chris Christopherson. And uh, some would consider this a film, I guess, you know. Again, a series of events captured on film. I, I think, I, I mentioned this to you, I think um, Shanghai Joe had more plot. It had an easier to follow plot for sure. This, uh, there were, yeah, it had, okay, all right, since we're talking plot, let me just. <laughs> yep, g- g- give it to us. Let me just it's, give it to you. Can, can you try? <laughs> I will try. <laughs> In its simplest form, it's the adventures of Wild Bill Hickok as the sheriff of Abilene, Kansas. Sure. Uh, to be more specific... C- can you? I can do this. So, uh, we have a few scenes in the beginning of the film which establish that Wild Bill, played by, was it Luke Hemsworth? By, that's right. I know we begged, we begged for Hemsworths in a Western. I need a horse! And this is our second Hemsworth Western. The first one being The Duel. Do you not fear the eternal hell that awaits you? And I think maybe maybe it's we want Chris. Yeah. Chris, mm-hmm. we want you in a Western, please. Yeah, because this is this is garbage. Your brothers are not doing a good job. At- well, maybe it's not entirely their fault because in both cases, the, the, the dialogue. Oh boy, the dialogue. Yeah, I have a comment about the dialogue, but we'll get back to that. We'll get into the dialogue. Let me give you the basic plot structure here. <laughs> you keep, you we keep, have a you few keep establishing a... scenes. Your Honor, so she... now... <laughs> Your Honor, she keeps avoiding the point. Give us the plot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a hostile witness. <laughs> oh, you, won't, you can't pry this plot from my cold, dead hands. <laughs> I'll never tell you, you coppers. <laughs> You'll never get the plot out of me. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, we start off. Civil War. What do we learn from this? Wild Bill was in it. Uh, (laughs) Next, a few establishing scenes telling us that Wild Bill is a rough character, not afraid to point a gun at somebody to get what he wants, be it a train ticket. Your ticket, or your money to buy one, or your life. Or a poker game. (laughs) Smash cut. Eating beans in a cave. He is destitute. <laughs> I can't believe this is the, he, these are events that we witnessed. <laughs> he did not have a fork or a spoon. He was that was the best acting in the film of him like Point. rubbing these beans out of <laughs> like like an animal, like like pawing them into his mouth, like a raccoon that just fished it out of like trash. Yeah, he pulls a gun on Chris Christopherson, who then later offers him to be sheriff of the town for reasons. Well, he'd previously offered it to a raccoon, and that didn't go well. How would you like to be Marshal of Abilene? Yeah, I would have, you know, that would have been a cooler movie, Uh, Raccoon Sheriff. Oh yeah, I'd watch that. We'll have to see if that's a thing. (laughs) Maybe maybe outside the purview of this podcast, but uh, yeah. So, uh, then there's a, a strange negotiation with uh, Trace Atkins, whose character name I forget, who owns the bar. 
uh, as they're like kind of figuring out how Trace Atkins is going to pay off the sheriff so that his saloon can keep doing illegal things like cheat customers and overserve. Uh, that man's name is Phil Poe. Thanks, Phil Poe. Rider, just a... Phil Poe. Not as cool as Edgar Allen, but, you know, still a Poe. Then we meet a piece of shit kid. I said I don't want my gun, you bastard! Who wants to be just like Wild Bill. I want to be a lawman when I grow up. <laughs> <laughs> then we have a crazy drunk guy pull his guns on Wild Bill. <laughs> Can you dance? But he's too wild for that, so he pulls his guns on the drunk guy and throws him in jail. <gasps> Spoiler alert, he's the jailer. Then we have a very hot, cold relationship with another gunman known as Little Arkansas. And not explained. Also, the character seems to be confused as to why they call him Little Arkansas. Folks call you Little Arkansas. That's a new one, Little Arkansas. Then, for some reason, they introduce the fact that Wild Bill cannot see at night. Yeah. I... We'll get to that. Yes. Also, there's a girl <laughs> who's going to marry Trace Atkins, who's the mother of the little piece of shit kid. And, uh, yeah, turns out that kid is Wild Bill's. I'm doing a poor job. Are, are you, are Am you I? done yet? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, it ends with shootout between... Uh, Luke Hemsworth and Trace Atkins kind of. It wasn't really a shootout. It was more like Trace Atkins was strangling him to death and then Luke shot him in the nuts. <laughs> End of film. <laughs> and uh, we'll start at the end here. That's literally how the movie ended. Luke Hemsworth shoots a guy in the dick and then just rides off into the night. Yes. Also, I think this movie was sponsored by booze. Yeah, there was. You could probably count the number of scenes where there was not drinking on one hand. Oh my God! Yes. So, so Stu, I how'd this movie make you feel? <laughs> tell, tell us, show us on the doll where the movie hurt you. <laughs> I'm pointing to the cowboy hat. <laughs> There, that's where it hurt me. Do we want to talk about the costumes? Can can we just not talk about the movie? (laughs) Can we talk about (laughs) something else? Oh, I don't know. There's some gems in here. I got some good notes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I want to start off with the setting, the the Abilene, Kansas here. Uh, This is another case of they filmed it at, like, the western part of a theme park. Um, Yeah, yeah. It, It suffers the same problem as The Duel, which is the other Hemsworth, also Badland, where it is pretty unconvincing yeah. set. Yeah, and that is piled on top of the costumes, of which only one person had a costume that uh, seemed to fit well. And I think that was like of, um, what was it, uh, what's his nuts? The Deputy. The hell oh, uh, Little Arkansas, also yeah, known John as John Wesley Harden. Wesley Harden. Yeah, Harden cost, Harden's costume is the only one that fit well. Also great beard. <laughs> yeah. Him and the jailer had good beard. Solid yeah. beard. Everyone else had crappy beard and yeah. meh hat. It was a sliding scale in terms of beards between like, you know, like scraggly, which Luke Hemsworth pulled off. 
like kind of like like stubble to like um midlife crisis goatee you know you know what i'm talking about right (laughs) yeah like well and and luke hemsworth is from uh he's also in westworld and for a while i was like this kind of looks like the people they put in westworld where it's like oh these are just tourists who are just having fun in old west town yes uh, that's that's definitely the vibe and like couple times it looked like trace atkins had just finished shooting some kind of country music video and they were like no don't change it's fine get out there say your lines trace yeah trace is like the the king of looking like he's gotten it he's in the midst of a midlife crisis like he's trying he just showed you his harley and you're like i don't know you're you're looking for me for approval i don't know what you want from me trace right you do you man (laughs) like you do you you don't need my approval but no isn't this so cool this is so cool. Like, no, sure. it's, I mean, it's I all mean, right. It's, wow. If you're into it, man, I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you things you like suck, but I mean. Oh man, that, that motor's really loud, man. Yeah. It sounds cool, right? No, it sounds like it's misfiring. Like you should have a mechanic right. look at it. You should have somebody <laughs> look at that. That might be a safety hazard. Has there been some kind of recall? We're worried about your trace. <laughs> Can but, we uh, talk? I, oh, yeah. I'd like to talk about the character that Trace Atkins played. I've already forgotten his name. Something Poe. Joe Poe. Phil Poe. <laughs> Phil Poe. I wish it was Sorry. Joe Poe. <laughs> Sorry. So that would be great. Po. It's Phil Poe. So. Which sounds like a like a like like an accounting company in like Abilene, Kansas. Here at Phil Poe. Yeah. We'll make sure to follow your taxes on time. Right. We have friendly, fast accounting services. But in that your community. Character, I mean... So when we're first introduced to his character, he seems pretty like a friendly saloon keeper, a little bit on the, you know, oh, he wants to overserve people. Okay, he might be cheating his guests at, at cards, but it yeah. almost came off a little bit like, now this is definitely probably outside the interest of our listener, but like Quark <laughs> from Deep Space Nine, you know, like... Come to Quark's Quark is fun. Come right now. Go Quark. Run! He runs a bar. He's not always on the up and up, but he's still fun. We like him, even though he's kind of a bad guy, but he is not bad guy. No, he's not a bad guy. Right. No, so and... I, that's the vibes I got from him at first. Yeah. Uh... And then, they, like, okay, so that we're, we're introduced to him. There's a the little negotiation between him and Bill Hickok about, like, oh, I'll pay you, like, uh, you know, fifty bucks a week to let me do whatever I want. Oh, a hundred bucks. All right, and then it ends up being twenty five percent of the take, and it's like, oh, drive a hard bargain. But you know, I'll uh, you know, I'll do the graft to to keep mm-hmm. doing my business the way I want. So I was like, it's oh, the okay. gilded age. It's how yeah. America works. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so he's got like an ally in this uh, saloon owner who's engaged. To Maddie, who we we learn uh, Hickok had had a liaison with which, years ago. Which, sure, cool. Yeah, which is like, okay, that's a coincidence, but whatever. Um, so, you know, I didn't really make anything of that. But then they kind of do this heel turn on uh, Poe, where it's moly. like, oh, yeah, he's a real bad guy. <laughs> I'm like... They did not build that up properly at all. Well, he then goes and hits Maddie. Yeah, like near the ro- end. And 
it's completely unearned, and you're just let out of nowhere. Just, I was like, the writers just ran out of ideas. Yeah, because when we're, when we're introduced, it's like, oh, okay, he's marrying this lady. She already has a kid. She's a widow, and he seems to really like like her. You know, mm-hmm. taking her out for little rides, and it seemed very sweet. And then he finds out because like she's keeping a secret. She that uh, that the kids actually. Bill Hickox and his a bastard child because they weren't married. Oh, oh God! And like so, of course, Poe finds out that oh, she's not really a widow. I'm not even sure if he knew that the kid was Wild Bill's. I think he was just upset that she wasn't a widow. Which I was like, I feel like that would be super understandable as to why a lady back then might keep that a secret. Right. Also, like, it's not a nefarious secret. Yeah, it's not like. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, like I could see, like you could confront her and be like, "Oh my gosh!" Like it seems like they'd been together a while because he's like, "I was raising that son like he was my own," and I'm like, "Well, you would have done that anyway." Like, he's yeah, not your son. Uh, and, and it's like, couldn't you see how she might be embarrassed to reveal that and be like, oh, I pretended to be a widow because I wouldn't didn't think any man would have me. And if he really loved her, he'd be like, I think I can forgive that. And even if we take into account like the social mores of the day, this is a guy in the Old West, not exactly a whorehouse, a gambling den and a saloon. Yeah, I would think he would... Like, if he's going to marry somebody, it's going to be someone he feels like marrying, whether or not, you know. Right. He doesn't care if they're, like, of noble stock. Right. He's of... not exactly, like, the paragon of, like, Victorian <laughs> social yeah. class. So it he's... made no sense. And it's not like she was pretending to, like, be somebody important. You know, she was just like, oh, I had a husband, but he died in the Civil War. Perfectly plausible cover story. Like. Right. So that came out of nowhere. Like, if they really wanted him to be the villain, I feel like they should have played up the fact that, you know, she's desperate and maybe even have him know that, like, yeah, that's a bastard child and he could hang that over her head like no one else will have you and I'm giving Mm -hmm. you all this money and putting you up and kind of have it more of, like, a relationship like that. And she's like... I'm going to stay with him because he can take care of me, even though he's a big sack of shit. Instead of that heel turn, you know? Because then she could be like, well, everybody knows like it's a bastard child and nobody yeah. else would marry me. And, and he's, he's going to take care of me. And I don't care that he's he's awful. But no, right. they made it a secret and then had him like punch her when he found out. And I was like, this makes zero sense. Absolutely. And this shows you how much... <laughs> contempt i carried for this movie did he die at the end because I, I i don't remember <laughs> and we watched it, this movie 20 minutes ago <laughs> it wasn't clear uh because okay thank you yeah so <laughs> that's the climax of the film is that oh, oh okay, yeah now great. that now, now that poe has punched the lady it's time for wild bill to shoot a guy so you're like okay oh that's oh right he's the one that got shot in the dick yeah, so um, <clears throat> he's like chasing him through the saloon at night, and he's like, "Oh, Wild Bill can't see at night," so he like turns off all the lights in the room, and I'm well, like, congrat- "Well, congratulations! Neither can you now, dude." Well, even so, I'm like, "It's a small room." 
Like, I don't know made, how much that's going to help you. And they made it seem like it wasn't a small room, which I, I love too. I was like, okay, yeah. okay, sure. And they gave us the split second of Wild Billow vision. Um, and it was just like all blurry. And I was like, what is he like a T-Rex? Like he can only, if the other guy stays completely still, he'll be safe from the bullets. Exactly. They're saying like, oh, he's got moon vision. Like, no, I'm pretty sure he's got astigmatism. He's fine. <laughs> yeah. And like, so he goes to the doctor because they have a shootout at night and he couldn't see, I guess, the guy, which I'm like, seems reasonable. It seemed pretty pitch black. But he's like, yeah, I get halos. And I was like, could be cataracts. Like, uh-huh. And then the, uh, the the doctor's like, well, yep, you're going to go blind, I guess. And I'm like, <laughs> all right. I, I mean, if it's a cataract, maybe, but probably not for a while. Like, it'll just get worse. <laughs> Don't stare at the sun. Yeah. Uh, and then he's like, you got to make a decision. You can either be a boy or you can become a man. And I'm like, what does this have to do with him going blind? I am very confused. I'm I'm glad you mentioned that line, though. <laughs> Because that is another, like, just, like, frustrating and ultimately boring and stupid thing about this movie is, like, these platitudes. Like, the first one comes out and says, the mayor is, like, offering uh, the marshal's job to Hickok. And he says, Because sometimes it takes a good man to stop bad people. It's like, that's, what? The most obvious thing I've ever heard. It's like Some... the opposite of the Dark Knight. Amy, sometimes to drive a nail you need to get a hammer (laughs) (laughs) yeah like they were either completely obvious or nonsensical like one of them was like when you harness a mule did you teach your horse to run and i'm like i don't understand and the pause between those two parts that statement were so long like is that it (laughs) yeah yeah i'm like sometimes you need to tie up a mule what yeah, and I was like, who's the mule? Who's the horse? I Am I too dumb? Are we too dumb for this movie, Stu? Is that what yes, it the, is? Yeah, this movie was playing 3D chess, and we're just like, we're just like, have a, we're, we're playing checkers here. We're here with a hoop and a stick trying to figure this out. <laughs> and I just threw the stick away. Right, we just have the hoop. Oh, Lord. Christ. But yeah, like... And and there was just some odd choices. Oh, this movie. So we had Little Arkansas, who was the other super good gunslinger. They had a pretty cool moment in the saloon because uh, turns out Wild Bill wants to take your guns. So watch out. He's second coming Amendment. for your guns. <laughs> exactly. He doesn't give a crap about the Second Amendment. It's not a uh, vast left-wing conspiracy. It's just Wild Bill. It's just Wild Bill. So this is a good <laughs> film. If, you, if you're worried about what happens if the government takes your guns away, Wild Bill, I guess, will come and shoot everybody. So, <laughs> or I mean, he'll make you deputy. <laughs> or he'll make you deputy, because that's what happened. Because, uh, of course, you know, it's in, a, it's in a wild old west town, and he's like, you know what? Too many people shooting each other. You know what I'm going to do? Gun ban. So he's like, everybody, you got to turn your guns over to, to me so that you're not shooting people all the goddamn time. Yeah. And, uh, of course, people aren't happy about that. Uh, one of them being John Wesley Harden, also known as Little Arkansas to everybody except John Wesley Harden. And uh, <clears throat> <laughs> Very rude, you know? Yeah. So he's, he's a gr- like... He's a grown man. Right. <laughs> right. I'm like, why Little Ar- Whatever. I, you know... Uh, uh. So anyway, 
Little Arkansas is flagrantly wearing his gun around town. Like, like, look at me. I'm wearing my gun. Looking right at Wild Bill like, what you gonna do about it? So then um, the mayor's like, well, you gotta do something about it. Because if you let him do that, then everybody else is gonna do it. And then you're back at square one. Mm-hmm. So he calls him out at the saloon. And he's like, I'm calling you out. Which I always enjoy that in a western. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And, uh, you know, does the whole, like, gun right into the face in the center of town. And they're, they're have a little back and forth. Um, but it's Meaningless very... banter. Meaningless banter. Meaningless. So they're, they're doing all this, and you think, like, oh, Wild Bill's going to, like, talk, talk this guy down and get him to, like, turn his guns in, or he's going to kill him. Like, could go either way. And then, like, right when you think shit's going to go down, Wild Bill's like, you can either, you know... I'll either kill you, you give me your guns, or we have a third option. Why don't we go get a drink? How about a compromise? What do you say to a drink? And I'm like, what? Yeah. Alcohol and firearms together at last. Yeah. Eight, yeah I just need to smoke. Got that ATF. <laughs> yeah. And they have, a, they have a friendly drink, and then he... Uh, Offers him the job of deputy and does the classic, classic business 101 move of um, when you have a qualified candidate. So this gunslinger, excellent candidate for deputy, fastest gun around. Mm -hmm. Sharp eye. Sharp eye, cool, cool beard, looking good. Great hat. Yeah, yeah. He wants him for this job. So when you have that qualified candidate, what you have to do is you have to threaten their life until they take the job. There's two ways. You're leaving this office wearing those guns of yours. Feet first, wearing that badge. That's just, <laughs> that's just uh, hiring 101. I really want you for this job, and if you don't take it, I will fucking kill you. Yeah, that's, uh, that's an excellent <laughs> synopsis of that scene. <laughs> well, I don't know if I really want this job, Amy. I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, what are the benefits like? <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> oh, no, Amy, put it down. We've got full <laughs> dental. How's <laughs> uh, uh, the retirement? <laughs> we do a, a, a 75% match. Oh, up to that's, 5%. That's, oh, that's really good. <laughs> Will you sign the paperwork? Ah. Uh. Hold on, I, mean, I have to get with HR. We'll get you a formal <laughs> offer letter in a day or two. I'm looking forward to working with you, sir. <laughs> Holy smokes. I needed a map because I didn't know where this movie was going to take us. Oh, so uh, <laughs> I want to talk about Maddie a little more. So... Yes, the, the the female lead here. The female lead, Maddie. And I think she did fine uh, with what she was given. She had some pretty good uh, mm. emotional faces. But, um, <clears throat> so Maddie. What is there to say about Maddie? So I, f- I don't even know why she's mad in half the movie. <laughs> I know. Yeah, so, like, when she first sees Wild Bill, because... Poe introduces her as like, oh, here's my fiance and fiance. Hey, here's the new sheriff. And of course they have that classic like, oh my God, Hmm. I can't believe it's you. So they have that awkward stare. 
And then she visits him later and she's like, I will give you $500 to not tell anybody that you know who I am. And he's like all offended. Um, And, you know, that's the whole plot point where she's trying to hide the fact that the kid is his, which whatever. We've talked about that. What I want to talk about is the character of Fred. Can't remember his last name. Corporal Fred Finley. Fred, we meet early on. He's Chekhov's Fred, is what I'll call him. (laughs) We see Fred in the train scene in the beginning. One of the scenes that uh, tells us that Hickok is a, a rough customer. Oh, no. Yeah. So Hickok's on the train, and we have the ticket taker who's like, Where's your ticket? I need your tickets. Tickets, please. And, of course, uh, Wild Bill's trying to hide from him because I'm sure he doesn't have a ticket. So the guy's, like, trying to, like, chase him down, like, Where's your goddamn ticket? Everyone, please, if you're boarding the train, you must have a ticket. I'm going to need to see a ticket, ma'am. Tickets, please. Well, I'm still going to need a ticket, sir. What's going on here? No ticket. Exactly. And uh, he ends up pulling his gun on some guy in a like a, a nicer car, and the guy's like, "Wild Bill, like I know you," and um, ended up like taking care of his ticket, and they have a, a a drink in the saloon, and he's like, "You don't like," and he's acting like he should remember him, and Wild Bill clearly doesn't remember this man, and eventually he's like, "Don't you remember me? I introduced you to my cousin Maddie," and he's like, "Oh." Oh, Maddie. But it almost seemed like he didn't really remember her in that moment either. You don't remember me, do you? <laughs> oh, remember my favorite corporal? You remember Maddie? My cousin? Well, I introduced you to her. Maddie, yeah. Which is dumb because... Baby. Well, I don't think he knew about the baby. Maybe, but It was still. unclear. I... Unclear. Un- There's a lot unclear. But to me, that didn't even really matter. Like, he's like, oh, Maddie. And as the audience, you're like, oh, he must have had a fling with her. And ah, uh, he's a flighty gentleman. He doesn't remember all the ladies he's had dalliances with. Um, <laughs> but in retrospect, I think maybe he was supposed to be looking wistful. Like, oh, dear Maddie. But the director was just like, uh, look far off. Like, you couldn't think of a word for wistful. Yeah, look confused. Like, God, this man's described so much of our shared time together, and I can't remember shit. (laughs) I I think he has me confused with someone else. Which is also a great instruction for the audience, because we were were confused naturally. Yeah, so the the only thing we learn about Fred is it's like, oh, since the war, he now sells bourbon. And uh, you're like, okay. At first I was like, oh, cool, is this going to be like his buddy? Like, that's kind of a, a fun... Uh, way to reconnect with someone from his past. Like, oh, he pulled a gun on him. Oh, what a funny story. But now they're uh-huh. buds. But then we don't see Fred again until near the end of the film. Yeah. Fred returns selling bourbon at Poe's bar. So I was like, oh, okay. Like, check off's Fred. And <laughs> the conversation. He'll go off in the third act. Yes. Check off's Fred. He goes off in the third act. And. The conversation he has with Poe, to me, it it just screamed of, oh, shit. How are we going to have Poe figure out that Maddie oh uh, isn't a widow? <laughs> and they're like, oh, uh, uh, write up a character who's like her uh, cousin and uh, he can reveal it. 
it's like completely unearned like he's just talking to like okay uh just taking his dang order and he's like what'll it be poe and poe's like all right i'll take a barrel of this and three barrels of that and uh and then he's like takes his order and he's like hey um has wild bill hickok come through here which you're like say mr poe uh did a Bill Hickok come through here recently? They call him uh, Wild Bill. Why would he ask this man? <laughs> this specific man. Yeah. And he, and then the guy's like, I may have heard the name. Name sounds familiar. And it's like, okay, I don't know why he didn't just say, yeah, sure, he's the sheriff here and I hate his fucking guts. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, maybe he's not that friendly with his uh, you know, bourbon sales rep. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um but first of all, nonsensical that his bourbon seller would ask if he knows some random friend of his who may have been through. And then he's like, oh, yeah. and then with that answer of like, I may have heard the name, that's not a strong enough answer for Fred to then follow that up with, yeah, he used to uh, have a relationship with my cousin Maddie. Hickok was uh, acquainted to a relative of mine, um, Miss Maddie Silks. It's just like, this guy doesn't give a shit about your cousin Maddie. Right. And it And then it's like Maddie uh, uh you know, heard heard she was engaged to a fancy fella. Uh, she was engaged to some fancy fella if I remember. Uh and it's like, "Oh. Well, uh and then like the bar keeps like, "Oh, well Poe here's engaged to his, to a, a lady named Maddie. Mr. Poe's also engaged. The lady's name is Lyles. Maddie Lyles." It's like Maddie Lyle, and sh- and then Fred's like, "Oh, Lyle, that was her mother's name, huh?" Lyle's. Well, that was Maddie's mother's name. Hmm. Thank you, Mr. Poe. You know, <laughs> what a oh. winky dink. Oh, that's funny. Well, huh. I'm 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 dumb as hell, and I can't connect dots. <laughs> right? Yeah, and then, f- which I'm like, that there was no reason for that conversation to have have happened there at were- all. There was no reason for, like, three quarters of, like, the, the dialogue in this movie to happen. Amy, I, I didn't, I, I think I only paid attention to, like, 60% of the dialogue, and I don't think I missed anything. Well, and here's the thing. If he knows enough about his cousin to know that she is m- engaged to a fancy fella, wouldn't he mm-hmm. at least know where the fuck she lives and be like, right. oh, my cousin, that would make more sense. Like, hey, I got a cousin living around here, you know? Then, right. Hey, Especially have you, you heard of my random friend who shacked up with my cousin once? Mm-hmm. Oh man, they boned a lot. Let me tell you. Let me yeah, you, let, let me, me draw you a picture. I drew lots of pictures here under the notebook because I'm a <laughs> weirdo. <laughs> I sell liquor in the old west. My head's been baked in the sun. Yes. Yeah. I that whole thing there. I was like, that screams. It's just horrible writing. It was just like, well, we got to move this along. So, uh, Jesus. Uh, yeah, bring this guy back. Hot dog. Holy shit. Oh, and the train they meet on. Uh, we'll come back to the saloon later. But they had a, um, like, like a, an establishing shot of, like, the train moving through the, um, through the landscape. And this is, like, this is, like, the first sign to me that this movie is going to be just a slog because it's clearly a train moving through the English countryside. Yeah. The movie told us that we were in Abilene, Kansas, but based on the scenery, yeah, that train, I was like, are we in London? 
Oh, we're getting we're, we're going out to uh, <laughs> Mrs. Braddock's country house for tea and lemon cakes. Yes, I was like, where are we? This does not look like Kansas. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Uh, and um, just the, the they tried to put gravitas onto like like the most meaningless dialogue where I'm just like it. Much like within like Badland, it'd just be like, listen, partner. Yes. If you're gonna go out to Subway, I want, I want, I want the club with lettuce, tomato, and mayonnaise. Do you want that on wheat or Italian? I want that on Italian. You son of a bitch. Do you want chips and a drink? You're goddamn right. That'll be five dollars, you son of a bitch. Hey, you owe me five bucks from last week. Call it even. (laughs) Oh, forgot about that. Sorry, partner. That's right, Clem. Now give me my fucking sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that conversation happened every day with those people in the season. Exactly. Well, well, what do you have? I'll have a pint of Sierra Nevada. Cold. Uh, sure. <laughs> What's on special today? We got two for one margaritas. I'll have one. Salt on the rim. For an extra dollar, we'll get you the pitcher. <laughs> now that's a good deal. <laughs> that's just good savings. <laughs> Ladies drink free. <laughs> You know, I can't resist a good bargain. <laughs> Especially on margarita night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every line you, was delivered with such heavy weight, and it was very unnatural. And it was like, you know, it's that can be fun, mm-hmm. but it just wasn't. It was. It was. It was, it was exhausting. It was so exhausting that there finally came a shootout, and I was bored. Yeah, it really <laughs> failed on on shootouts. Like typically, if you're gonna have a western that doesn't have much of a plot, you can you can lean on your cool shootouts and fight scenes. And we really didn't have that many. We had some like trick shots and some flipping guns around in your hand, but uh, we had that what the one shootout at night. Right. We had random cowboys firing guns in the air. Town. Yeah, firing guns in the air. That was never explained. They sh- they shot the dirty kid. Yeah, they shot the the dirty kid in the leg, which <sighs> the kid. So he's introduced and he's introduced as like a street urchin piece of shit kid with a little toy gun. He's mm-hmm. like real annoying. And then he gets shot in the leg. Uh and I guess that I guess shoots the annoying out of him because then he's kind of an earnest <laughs> little boy. Um, but he's filthy all the time, and he's supposed to be, you know, uh, his mom is living with the richest guy in town, and I'm like, why is this boy filthy all the time? <laughs> Did they just not wash children in the old west? Uh, maybe not. You know, the other thing that I hate about this movie is like there was also like dramatic whispers in yeah. front of windows with poor lighting. Poor lighting and the sound kept going in and out. I don't know if that was Netflix or or what, but it was like it would sound like we're in a saloon, and then there would be a piece of 
dialogue where there was like no sound in the background at all and i was like did they re-record part of it and didn't put like the background noise in i'm thinking it was just cheapness because the lighting was also supremely poor like there is one point where like um hemsworth is walking in front of a window and the the light is such that it like bleaches out his face so you just see like a cowboy hat floating over a body yeah yeah i I noticed that and then of course uh when we were in the doctor's office and they panned the cam camera upwards you could see (laughs) the edges of the set yes you can see where the set ended there's this modern plywood up there yeah i was like we don't need a ceiling because it isn't a real place (laughs) right oh you panned up too far (laughs) yeah and they probably saw that later. They probably saw that the uh, during the dailies, and then I was like, "Eh, that's it's fine. fine. It's, it's fine. fine. We don't have time to reshoot it. We didn't. We only paid this many hours for a Hemsworth and a and a Bruce Dern, so that's all we get." <laughs> Another we thing, it, yeah. I I felt like so. Um, we've got Luke Hemsworth starring in this film. He's a, he's a good-looking fella. I can see mm-hmm. why they would want him as their leading man. But based on the story, it sounded like he should have been older. Yeah. Cause well, like, it, it's, it starts in 1871, but, you know, like, Hickok didn't die until, like, 76. I don't know. Maybe it was early onset. I don't know. This movie just, this is just stupid, cause, Amy. Because there was a comment when he's, like, about to kiss Little Arkansas... When they get their guns pointed at each other, their little, uh, you know, back and forth. Um, he's like, oh, I invented that move. You're not going to fool me. And and then little Arkansas is like, I didn't realize you were that old. And I'm like, you guys look like you're the same age. Right. This movie just took too many liberties. And frankly, I'm insulted. This movie insulted me. It didn't hurt me. It insulted me. Yeah, I'm kind, of, like, I'm kind of mad about it. Yeah, I was thinking, you know, we already have our lowest film. Yeah, we know. Yeah, Badland, which was literally painful to get through. Right. We, uh, we it caused us each to throw things around the room. Yeah, I threw <laughs> my notes down more than once when watching Badland. This, I never had the the urge to throw anything. There were definitely times where I was like, "Wait, what? What? Wait, what? Why?" But yeah, yeah. What? Uh, and I was like, I can't wait for this to be over. And then when it's finally over, I'm like, wait, that's it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was like, Mo- movie stop. <laughs> yeah, right. It was it was very very yeah because it just kind of ends after the after the shootout with Poe. He shoots him in the in the nuts, and then he goes out on the street, <laughs> and the mayor gives him a knowing nod, and then it's like Hickok, and you're like, huh? Also, this movie had, like, a dozen, like, production companies. Yeah, I, I hear that's not a great sign, so we'll have to keep track of that for future films. And a series of false starts, which was also equally, like, just, like, baffling. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Or, like, it have, was... like, a little bit of action, and then be, like, go back to, like, like Hickok. Yeah, like, brought to you by movie Direc- company. Directed by movie guy. Right. Starring. Oh, yeah, that's right. I don't think I mentioned who directed this movie when I when I introduced it. Oh shit! Delete the recording. We got to start over. It doesn't matter because I don't even think the director paid attention. Timothy <laughs> Woodward Jr. Ooh, wonder if he's any if if he's as good as his father, the senior. Uh, let's see here. 
what else is he's made um looks like some forgettable movies all with the uh, costumes pro- provided by uh party, party city. city yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, like a, there was some polyester in the oh costumes. Oh, my God. Yeah, this... Well, I, I think they're a little bit better than Party City. This was more like Spirit Halloween, but, like, they went looking for deals there. Yeah, yeah. It was like cast-offs <laughs> from a high school production. Mm-hmm. Uh, like in, Or a college production. And in, in a normal year, they went, like, three days after Halloween just to see what they get their hands on. <laughs> right, exactly. I was like, oh man, I got a truck full of cowboy hats. Let's see what we can do. We got this, guys. We got this. And then they just filled out the rest of the uh, the costuming with like like a trip to Goodwill. Oh, we didn't. I I was talking about that little boy. Oh yeah. Um, so like you were talking, they didn't have. Um, uh, they were like, oh, you can give him a shot of whiskey, and then they were like, nah, we can't give a child booze. And it's like, come on, they had anesthetics back then. Yeah. And also, like, nobody held the kid down. I was like, they're going to... Why is nobody holding him down? Yeah, it's going to be very painful to pull that out of a leg. And, like, the doctor keeps going on, like, we got to get this out. We got to get it out, like, right now. But I'm going to talk about it for, like, another five minutes. I'm going to, like, just jabber on and on about <laughs> this bullet and whether or not to give an eight-year-old whiskey. And then Bill <laughs> Hickok is... This is going to, like, tell a story that has, like, no beginning, middle, or end. Yeah. Ends with him pissing his pants. (laughs) Ends with him pissing his pants. Piss my pants, Doc. Before tapering off, and the doctor's just like, well, go on, and then pulls the bullet out, and we don't know what happened. Nothing. It was a story about nothing. Yeah, because he's kind of like, there I was in the canyon, I had nowhere to go, and I was shooting people, and then all I had was my knife, and then I pissed my pants, and then it's like, I was naked from the waist down, and... Couldn't Smash find cut. my shoes. Yeah. Smash cut. Smash cut. <laughs> Eating beans in a cave. Best scene of the film. <laughs> with, with, how did he get that can open, though? I was just like, dude, you, you don't have a spoon? A fork? Well, he, had, he had to have something to get that can open, though. I mean, you could eat those beans with a knife if you really tried. Yeah. That'd be better than, like, freaking... Well, you just like pulling it out of your hand. Trying to eat it. <laughs> Did he just like beg, sir? I have this, this, these beans. Could you please just open my can? Open my can of beans, please, sir. Just please, a can opener for your time. <laughs> I just, just a humble gunslinger living in a cave, subsisting on cans of beans. We are mm. in the British countryside, so <laughs> it fits. Yeah, of course it does. Well, we want to get into our segments. I think... Uh, God help a, us. We had a, a swath of saloons with which for you to choose from. It certainly seemed that way, but I feel like we really only had two when you Do get down on. to it. So the first one is the saloon car in uh, the train where uh, um, Hickok attempts to rob a man of money to buy a fare on the train right. and that this train looked like they might they might this looked like an authentic rail car they might have actually been in um wood victorian styling it had like an arched door and what i really liked about this and i thought it made it really cool is they had the frosted glass 
at the end oh. of the car. Yeah, a Victorian cool. frosted glass, and uh, the bar, the little corner bar, uh, was just like had these beautiful mirrors with like frosted like um, f- uh, 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 borders to it, and like handsome liquors and bottles and. It just looked very comfortable, like a comfy Victorian. Because you know, like Victorian can also you can also kind of get like an Adams Family vibe. But no, this was like comfortable. Like you're gonna get, you're gonna get some friends. You're gonna dress up, and you're gonna have a good time. And that unfortunately is where the cool saloons end. Uh, the next one is the is called the uh, was it Bull's Head, the Bull's yes. Head Saloon, and it it looks like. A set from a made-for-TV movie. It looks like a set at you know a theme park, and like the walls are clearly cheaply made. Um, there's a few cool angles actually, because there's another one where it looks like it's an actual building. Uh, you see the back of the bar, and again, there's these neat Victorian touches to it: a thick, heavy bar, uh, a big mirror. Uh, you know the 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 prerequisite uh, painting of a naked lady. Um, of course. And um, strangely enough, a full-sized stuffed horse, like a taxidermied horse. Yeah. <laughs> I liked it, but odd. When you're having a cold one or having a, that, that first sip of whiskey after a long, hard day on the trail, what do you want to see? An old, dead horse. <laughs> I'm sure it smelled like one, too. And uh, there are these the, the this beautiful staircase that kind of had you know how, how in Victorian houses the one of the railings would come down and like kind of curlicue back on itself into the newel post, and that was neat. And there's like a light, light that came out of it, and a big wide staircase. So you and the um, the hooker that you're holding on for dear life because you're trashed <laughs> to get up the stairs for your at your your uh, you know your evening. Sure. Uh, and that uh, leads up to, like, a gallery of, like, rooms so you can do your business. <laughs> and it's just, that was actually kind of cool, but they're, like, they must have only had that set for a short period of time or access to it. Because most other shots in the bull's head were just like, this is not that same building. <laughs> yeah, it was like, you'd either just see the bar or it was like you're at a table looking out one of the windows. And I was like, these, those are clearly made out of cheap plywood, just like like painted like a deep, dark black, hoping you don't notice. Right. Which re- reminds me of a comment I had about uh, other certain things in the movie, is that some of the costumes also look like, it looks like a high school production, like a good high school production. Like, you know, there's like some, like, you know, you know parents and like, you know, kids that are like really into it. So they like put yeah. all their best into, into the costumes, but it's just like, this is still, this is still amateur. <laughs> Yeah, they definitely. We've seen better. We've definitely seen better. The that you could tell the budget, uh, the budget cuts watching this movie. Stretched to the limit. Oh boy! Well, Which was that... my theory is that yeah. uh, this movie was funded by Trace Atkins, and that's why yeah. he was in the villain role. Because I just did not think he was right for it at all. He's he not wasn't a convincing right... villain. He's not a convincing actor. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, you know, he's got a nice voice, which oh, I mean, that's what he's famous for. But like, as a villain or a, or a main character, I was like, oof, he was better in Badland, but he was only in Badland for like what five minutes. Yeah, if we're being generous. Yeah, so like, I think five minutes. Trace Atkins is. <laughs> yeah, we'll take. 
Or if you made him like a side character, so he only has little bits of screen time here and there. But I was like, he is not a convincing villain. And not the I mean, slightest. it wasn't even a very well written villain, so it's not even like there was. I don't even <laughs> know what motivated there. him. Like, it really wasn't. Like, he didn't have any evil plot. He's just like, I want to run a bunch of businesses in town, and I want, you know, he just wanted business. He tries to threaten the mayor by saying, like, like if it wasn't for me, there would be no town, which I'm like, there's a railroad station here. That's false. <laughs> yeah, uh, same thing. I was like, if he left, someone else would start running the saloon. Like, mm-hmm. he could just freaking leave. Um, so that was I mean, weird. Uh, you know, typically an Old West villain's got to have some kind of, like, oh, I'm going to bulldoze the town, you know, or I'm going to sell everybody out to some bandits or I don't know. Or something. like some sort of, some sort of MacGuffin, like, you know, like, like there's a, a, like a mine with a little gold in it, or, you know, there's a bank that I'm going to rob. Right, right. But really he had like the motivations were non-existent and, <laughs> and for him to out of nowhere, just punch Maddie in the face and slap the kid. I'm like, they had no, there was only one scene that had any inkling of violence out of him, which also made no sense, and that was when Maddie she ended up losing her necklace, and then yeah, uh, Wild Bill brought it back, and um, she had it on the table, and then Poe comes up and is like, "Oh, why aren't you wearing your necklace? Here, let me help you with that." And he like put it on real threateningly, and I'm like, "That was out of nowhere." <laughs> yeah, that was confusing. Yeah, and kind was, like, of upsetting. They introduced him to seem like he doted on her and not like he felt like he had any ownership over her. Yeah. Which was odd. It was just odd. I was like, if if he was going to be a bad guy, they should have set it up. They, they set it up all wrong. I felt like they were finishing writing the film as they were. Uh... Oh, wait. Oh, nuts. <laughs> They're like, we don't oh, have shit. a villain. We, we, we forgot a villain. Oh, we were, crap. We forgot to write a movie. <laughs> <laughs> shit the actors are showing up tomorrow all i've written is my grocery list god dang <laughs> we don't have enough money for those badland violins <laughs> god help us god save us from from the violins which is yeah. one thing i will give this movie is the the music was 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 tame yeah, there was only one part near the end. It was like the last shootout where they're like running into the saloon. It was starting to be distracting because of how generic the music was. Oh my like, god. I felt like it was a music file called Exciting Music that someone paid <laughs> like $30 for. Exciting music music.exe. Exactly. Yeah, like .mp3 like uh <laughs> I was like, wow, that that I could hear that. You know, you expect a little bit of a little bit of strings in your uh, western, a little bit of guitar, a little bit of mandolin, a little bit of something. Uh, but this was almost like I could hear that in the back of any tense scene, any genre. Could be sci-fi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's it's genericness really stood out. But uh, yeah. Well, Amy, you want to tell us who brought the face in this? Stupid, stupid movie. He happens to be a sweet-looking yes. dude. <laughs> I'm gonna give it to Maddie. Uh, I really liked uh, <laughs> her upset and angry faces, even though they were unearned and out of nowhere. I enjoyed them. I thought she she brought some really good face. I, I you know I like to give it to the hero, but really, 
I feel like Luke was getting a paycheck here. Half the time he looked bored or confused. <laughs> like like the audience. He was, yeah. he, was the, he was the protagonist and the audience stand-in. Yeah, I feel like he would like read up about Wild Bill and was like, what a cool character. Right, this is uh, exciting. I'm excited to be in this movie. Like, oh, I wonder what we're going to do. And then he's like, wait, what? What are we doing? Wait, what? What am I doing now? I'm confused. Yeah, he shows up and they're like backing up a truck from Party City like, this is not a good sign. He's like, shit. <laughs> My agent's going to get it this time. God damn it. <laughs> Yeah, if I was to award it, uh, who would I give it to? Just the leering, grinning face of Chris Christopherson. Just like, just like, stop, stop looking at the camera. I, I can't look at you anymore. <laughs> well, yeah, he had like one expression, which was one of like, I am the old man who's putting you on your, your fated path. And my teeth are as yellow as old corn. Yes, just like uh, Bruce Dern. Yeah, Bruce Dern. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, just like, just a hard man to look at. And if he said, just every other phrase out of his mouth was, son of a bitch. Now listen to me, you son of a bitch. <laughs> yes. That's, that son of a bitch. The son of a bitch. That son, you, that son of a bitch, you son of a bitch. Now get off of my property. Get off my property, you son of a bitch. Now get your ass off my property. Yeah. Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. Yeah. Uh, Wait, Bruce Dern was also in Badland. I know. My, My God. God. <laughs> it's his curse. My God. So, yeah, speaking of yellow horse teeth. Yeah, that brings <laughs> us into the coot watch, I think. This extraordinary creature... It's half blind, half deaf. It's that old coot. Oh yeah, please. Who? Yeah, tell us about the coot watch, eh? What do you get? Well, what do you got? So this one, um, I think our main coot would be uh, Bruce Dern as the doctor, and I love a good doctor coot. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, maybe the doctor's prescribing himself a little bit of the medicine, if you know what I mean. Well, maybe that's why there's no ether, is he's been using it recreationally. Exactly, right? Yeah, it's like, oh, okay. Exactly. He's all out of ether. A little bit for the patient, a little bit for the doctor, a little bit for the doctor, a little bit for the doctor, a little bit for... Oh, oh, shit, a real patient. Oh, shit. We're out of ether. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I liked his uh, doctor, Coot. Of course, we only see him for like a couple of scenes uh one with getting the bullet out of the kid's leg which where i'm like shut up and be a doctor uh, <laughs> you know our, our, the new show from Stu Kaufman, amy mcleod's shut up and be a doctor <laughs> yes yes exactly yeah because it's like i i think that's the sign of a good coot is one who just can't stop talking uh oh yeah whether the situation needs it or not um so he's the, 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 the best coot, I would say. Uh, a good, solid coot performance out of Bruce Dern. He looked the part and acted the part very well. Uh, except for the part where he told uh, Wild Billy he was going blind, which was a little nonsensical in its gravitas. <laughs> uh, that was uncoot-like. Uh, yeah. The other coot, I would, I'm going to tentatively say the jailer was a young coot. Yeah. 
Because he was yeah. like drunken and crazy. He's the jailer. He lives in the jail. Um, so yeah, <laughs> he gets runner up for young Coot. He's he's on uh, Coots to Watch. Times 100 Coots to Watch. <laughs> in our time. 30, 30 under 30 Coots to Watch. Coots. Weird mountain people. <laughs> yeah, he kind of looked like that... You know, anyone who watches Game of Thrones, the one uh, red-headed guy from uh, Game of Thrones kind of looked like right. him. Tormund, I think. <laughs> yeah, <Doesn't> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but not him. I thought it was nope. him for a second, but it was not him. Uh, so, Well, that brings us to, what, the postcard moment? Yes, uh, which there was not a lot to pick from. There was one that I rather enjoyed. I think I even said, like, oh, look, that's pretty. And that was the last nice thing I had to say about the movie until we sat down for this. <laughs> yeah, that might have been the same scene. Was that the one where um, Poe and Maddie are taking the little uh, drive up the mountain? With yeah. The, the tree. And he bizarrely tells, like, you know, he's like, well, let's, let, I, we didn't have a chat. And he tells, like, the driver to, like, step down. Whose name was Jerry. Hate, Jerry. Jerry, why don't you take a step down? He steps down and then, like, just walks over to brush the horse. And then he proceeds to, and then... <laughs> Yeah, they have, like, an intimate conversation, because that was the whole thing. He was like, Jerry, give us some space, and, like, Jerry's, like, five steps away. Right, I can still, he can, he can very much still, and they're speaking at a regular normal volume. They're not, like, leaning over whispering. Right, like, like, no, it's just, like, exactly, no, it's just, like, yo, (laughs) well, there's this new sheriff in town, and I just want to make sure that you're, you never, you know, went and slept with him, because he's really annoying. <laughs> well, it wasn't even that because she was just like, I don't like the new sheriff. You should kick him out. And he's like, But why though? Like, he seems cool. And then, you know, she's kind of like, I just don't like him. So then he's like, All right, honey, I'll take care of it. And then, same volume of voice, he's like, Hey, Jerry, let's get going. So I'm like, If you can speak at that volume and Jerry can hear you, Jerry could hear you the whole time. Right. You, <laughs> this, you have not served yourself well, sir. And also, uh, who gives a shit, like, about that conversation? I think Jerry could have overheard that, and it would have been fine. But it is a cute, um, cute shot, because it's this, like, period-appropriate little, little, um, little chase with a, with a seating for a driver and a couple pretty horses, and a view of, I guess, some hills. Like, this, I don't know what this movie did to me. Like, I just, like, loathed it and got bored. I was just like, is it over yet? And but it's a pretty country road, offset by like um like some very bright green grass and uh and a and a neat old tree that's starting to bud in the spring. Yeah, like to me, that's another part of we we've often talked about how the landscape of a western is almost its own character, mm-hmm. and I think the best the best westerns out there use the landscape surrounding the setting as a character and as part of the story. Here it was very secondary and sort of the blandness of all the other scenes really made that scene pop. Like it looked gorgeous. And I, I mm-hmm. mean, I thought it was a really pretty shot. The colors like, oh, yeah. like, wow, wow. I feel like I'm watching Slow West over here. Like it's gorgeous. <laughs> right. I was like, can we have more of that, please? It's like, oh, nope. We're going to go brown, brown, brown town. Down to brown town. How about you, A? What weird shit are you going to put in the mailbox for me? Uh, <laughs> this will be no surprise. Okay. This is Bruce Dern's horse teeth. 
don't want to see see this in my mailbox. I'm going to send you a full-size poster of Luke Hemsworth in a cave eating beans. Just his, eating with those his hands. Beans. Fist deep in a can of beans. Wrist deep in a can of beans. Oh, man. Eating them like he hasn't eaten in weeks. <laughs> no explanation as to why he's in a cave, why he hasn't eaten for weeks, and why he doesn't have a spoon. I was worried you were going to say, like, naked in a bathtub with his boots on for, for reasons. Yeah, that man does not take his boots off. Right. I don't maybe, maybe he's got it. really gnarly feet. Yeah, he, maybe he's got a foot thing. I don't know. Also, it just seemed like people just really wanted to look. <laughs> people just really want to see his dick. Yeah. Again, the Badland problem. <laughs> the, the, the West is over, overflowing with, with, like, thirsty women. Yeah, man. Like, come on. Jeez. Was Let's that put all a... of our bits? Did we, did we do all of them? Uh, yeah, I believe that's it. Uh, let's let's put a stake in this thing. My, uh, how, how, I gotta how... tell you, I think I like Haunted Gold better than this one. <laughs> I, I think I do, too. I just... I'll give it a one. I mean, I'll put it in the same category. Yeah, I'll give it a one, too. It's one star out of six. Like, ah, uh, just... This is a boring film. You're going to be bored. There's going to be a shootout, and you're going to be finally like, oh, is this going to be... Nope. No, it's not exciting. Okay. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at least the spaghettis had a a sense of fun and ridiculousness to get you through. Mm -hmm. This one, you're just confused half the time. (laughs) There's no clear character motivations. And the action scenes, yeah, just as you said, are not fun. So it's just like, why am I watching this? Mm-hmm. Trace Atkins and his terrible hair and his midlife crisis facial hair. Yeah, oh, that's how you knew he was evil. So he started off with a ponytail, and then by the end, he didn't have a ponytail. So I guess ponytail's good, not mm-hmm. ponytail bad? I don't know. Not ponytails means you're a dirty hippie. Do something <laughs> with that hair, son. Right, you cut that hair, son. But yeah. Well, uh... Better than yep. Badland. Hey, we didn't have to call on the judge to come and put it out of its misery. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> and on uh, and on that, that's it from us, the Cowpunchers. Uh, I'm, as always, the deputy, Stu Kaufman. And I'm your jailer, Amy McLeod. Y'all watch yourselves out there on the trail. Yeah! <laughs> Oh, God, it's it's over. It's over, Amy. <laughs>